This episode of the Press Road Podcast is brought to you by Out of the Park Developments, makers of Out of the Park Baseball 18, Franchise Hockey Manager 4, and MLB Manager 2017. Every single Wednesday night is Out of the Park Night Around the World, live on twitch.tv slash Developments. Join our great community managers and game developers for three hours of Out of the Park Developments fun. It starts every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern with our baseball associate community manager, Snaggle J, Chris Jardine, streaming live for an hour. That's followed by our baseball community manager, TJ Lowerman, a.k.a. That Sports Gamer, doing an hour live. And then that is followed up at 10 p.m. Eastern by franchise hockey community manager, Adam Burnett, and franchise hockey manager, producer Jeff Riddles, doing another live hour. That's three hours of fun. Come watch and see why our games are so well-loved by the community. Interact live with the community managers and the developers, and just have some fun with a bunch of other people who love sports and video games and sports video games. That's every single Wednesday night, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, live at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., and 10 p.m. Eastern, the baseball and the hockey, live on twitch.tv slash Developments. And if you can't be there live, that's fine, because every couple of days afterwards, all of that gets archived to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Developments. Thanks, everybody. Come support the team and enjoy the show. Welcome to the 8th Annual Pasta Padre Community Awards. The PCAs recognize and celebrate the achievements in sports gaming every year, going beyond just the awarding of the best game by acknowledging the many different elements that make up the games. The field has narrowed over the last decade plus, but the sports games are deeper than ever before, with immense feature sets and the ability to excel in certain areas over others. This will be our last look back at 2017. Next week we're going to be moving on the games of 2018 with our first impressions of EA Sports UFC 3. It's early in the year for a sports game to release and we're excited about that. But now, on to the awards. Thank you for tuning in for another Press Row Podcast. I'll be your host, Brian Weedai, Pasta Padre. With me is the, I'm going to assume, impeccably dressed Rich Grisham, who I'm sure would never show up to my awards show with a man bun wearing a t-shirt and jeans. This is all correct. Uh, <laughs> to be completely frank, I can't physically make the man bun happen. So, oh. you know, don't there are ways. Have enough hair anymore. Uh, definitely not the T-shirt. Now, if and when I'm on an awards show stage, as when I go to do panels at various conferences and events, I dress for success like I would be proud to represent myself and my company. So what can I tell you, Brian? That's how everybody should feel. Yeah, right. um, I'm classing up the joint uh, with, with this <laughs> award show. We're, we're both, uh, we're not on video, but if we were, I'm sure we're, we both look just fabulous. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, so now that the stage is set for the awards, Rich, we have 12 categories this year. Uh, it's been 12 categories for several years now. Uh, the Pasta Padre Community Awards, the PCAs, 
It's on to its eighth year. I don't even know how to comprehend that. Uh, it's pretty pretty remarkable. I mean, I've been doing this for longer than eight years, but the awards for eight years, uh, time really flies. Uh, yeah. The best thing about it is that they are the community awards. That's what matters, right? These are these are the collective opinion of the people who care the most, right? Mm -hmm. And that is what makes these so important. It really does, I think touch on the the zeitgeist of the sports video games every year and you're right eight years is a long time let me ask you a question mm -hmm. before you get into it what is different and what is the same looking back eight years of doing this yeah you know uh the big thing is is like i mentioned at the top there there's fewer games so it becomes uh, you know, everything is so much more compressed now as far as you have these top games. You pretty much know what the top games are going to be. It, it, it gets predictable as far as what games are going to be good because most of them are good. Uh, and it also still is a little predictable in terms of which games are best in which areas. Uh, what I like about the awards is you can kind of track where that starts to change. And we'll see, you know, I'll go into some of that that we're seeing with this year and we, we saw last year. Uh but also the the specific awards are are different. Um, we used to have a, a most disappointing game, not the awards you'd want to win. But we don't have enough games now, nor do we have games that really disappoint to to fit that. Uh, while we've added categories in more recent years, such as uh, the, the best team building mode, as that you know, as the ultimate team type modes have taken off and become uh, so popular. And best post-release support, as the support for games after they come out is almost as critical as what they are on day one. And that becomes even a, a greater deal, Rich, as we get towards this you know, subscription-based future that uh, publishers want to get to eventually. Because those games will essentially be just post-release <laughs> for its ex entire existence. Um, so... Yeah, it's 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 fascinating to me to see the numbers and and how they stay the same in some areas and how they change over the years, but uh, we still get huge number of votes uh, coming in, a huge number of voters. This year it was near forty thousand votes uh, across the twelve categories, and I, I always also like to look at uh, at the numbers for each category as the votes are coming in, and it's still. Uh, it, it, you know, it's it's still fascinating to me how. You pretty much see the result within the first hundred votes, and it never really changes much after that, no matter how many thousands of votes you get. It's a statistical thing, right? This is how statistics work, but you, you think there, there's got to be a wave coming for something at some point, and it never does. Uh, hmm. But we have a couple categories which traditionally also are very close categories, very contested categories, and we have a couple categories which seems to be blowouts every year, and and uh, you know whether that changes or not going forward is a, is a good question as well. All right. Very good. Well, I can't wait. Before we go, let me just say there's a little bonus uh, episode or bonus part of this episode right after the awards. Cat Bailey joins me and we talk about the upcoming NFC Championship game and her three favorite sports games of the year, which she participated in the vote but was traveling to England when we recorded it, so she gets to chat a little bit about that, too. So that's a lot of fun. So stick around for that. All right, Brian, thank you for that uh, brief interlude. 
<laughs> yeah. I was going to mention it later, Rich, but it's okay. You can get it in now. I know well, you're excited. I know people are going to look at the length of this episode, and they're going to be like, oh, my God, this is like a nine-hour yeah. episode. What is happening? It is. So it's a traditional <laughs> It's a, tradi- a traditional award show, Rich. Runs That's long. That's true. It goes yeah. long. You know, the music plays, but we don't <laughs> stop talking. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah, and you will have some montages, which are really nobody cares about. Um, you know, it's, unnecessary musical guest. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have a, the, the, the category for best song in a sports game, Rich, uh, we have live performances for all five. So it's going to be really, it's going to be great. Fantastic. Oh, <laughs> great use of our time. All right, we do not have a music category, but we will start. We will start with one of the most major categories we have, uh, because it's without it, uh, nobody is going to play the games. So that's best gameplay, Rich. Uh, this is a, an interesting category because it's been over the years dominated by NBA 2K and MLB The Show, and really that's that's what it comes down to. Those two games, nobody else has really ever put up an, uh, a strong enough effort to be considered. Uh, a challenger in this category, and and uh, so you have MLB The Show 17 as one of the, one of the nominees. Okay, uh, MLB 16 was the winner last year, so it has a chance to repeat. And you have NBA 2K, which had won several years in a row prior to that, right? But it dipped a bit last year. And then the third nominee is Pro Evolution Soccer 2018, a game I know is uh, near and dear to your heart. Well, of course, it was my favorite game. That's the game that, uh, if if I were voting, I would pick, and I I did vote, and I did pick. Uh, I'm going to predict that NBA 2K wins. Uh, The reason I don't pick MLB The Show is because I can't hit, and so it's hard for me (laughs) to, you know, again, I'm not faulting the game. I realize it's me, but I played a lot of the show, and and a couple of years ago, I was able to hit. I'm back to not being able to hit, so that's why I would have gone with Pro Evo, but I think I predict that NBA 2K will reclaim its uh, its title here. Yeah, yeah. I think MLB The Show was for for a number of years hampered by the fact that it was only on PlayStation, and that baseball just simply sells fewer copies than basketball or football or 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 um, well, yeah, than those two. Uh, so it, you know, always had a challenge of, and I, soccer, I should add, always right. had that challenge of, it's at a disadvantage. Couple. Uh, but everybody always recognized how, how good the gameplay was. Uh, right. but still NBA 2K kind of, uh, held this category for a long time. Last yeah. year, last year, NBA 2K 17, uh, dropped by, I think near uh, near 30% from the previous year. People were just kind of disappointed down on that uh, down on that game. And uh, I think that general sentiment probably carried over a bit uh, where maybe even just due to the microtransaction stuff, uh, people didn't want to throw their support behind it as much. Uh, but 2K18, yeah, it, it basically pulled in the same amount of the vote uh, that it did last year. Uh, MLB The Show 17 is the winner here, Rich. MLB The Show 17 oh, there you go. Uh, wins for best gameplay with 51% of the vote. That's an increase of 7% from MLB 16, which, as I stated, won. And it's up 22% from where it was two years ago. And where is that, where is that percentage vote coming from, Rich? It's NBA 2K, which is down 30% over the same two years. 
you know, I love the pitching controls. I love the fielding controls. I understand them. Once you changed my life, Brian, when on this podcast several years ago, you said, yeah. wait, you don't do that. You do this. That literally changed how I played the game fundamentally at a core. Lo I love the show. So I I'm happy that uh, that it won. It deserves it. I just can't hit. Yeah, gameplay is 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 an important one. <laughs> Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about why later, but, uh, you know, the show has always been recognized for, for its gameplay. It's very authentic. I think that's the, the biggest thing about it. Yeah, it's challenging. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely challenging. And it's challenging for, for you, Rich. It's challenging for almost everyone. But they also give you a lot of tools to, to make it yes. a little easier on you. Absolutely. Um, they do. And so I think baseball is probably the, you know, the, the easiest to, to represent out of these team sports, but uh, but they do it so well and so consistently that the show's never really had a down year in terms of gameplay. So I think you see that Agreed. just just established. It's never been a bad one. No. I mean, no. not that I can ever remember. No, it always has a share of issues. Every game does. But they seem to really clean those up on a year-to-year -year basis and then and then try to, to build from there. So best gameplay, and will be the show 17. Next category, Rich. Let's move on to the... What's becoming a, a much bigger deal, the best career or story mode, okay? And this is uh, a category that has been really NBA 2Ks until last year, uh, NBA 2K being the first major sports game to do the, the story mode, major annual sports game to do the story mode and do it over every year from scratch, essentially, uh, and really put the resources into it and make it a... Uh, I won't say realistic, but make it a, uh, you know, a real experience to play through and something that uh, gives people the opportunity to play the game in a different way as opposed to just the traditional uh, game. So uh, NBA 2K was that it was it was the story mode for sports games until the journey came along last year in FIFA 17 and the journey won the category. And I think uh, its more grounded approach to the story mode was what won people over. It was a little more, I will say realistic, a little more realistic, a little better acted, a little better written. Uh, and it just uh, really struck a chord with a lot of people. It's a little more emotional and, in a, like I said, a grounded way. So going into this year, we have the journey looking for a repeat rich. With, uh, with Season 2 of The Journey. We have uh, Madden, which introduced Long Shot Story Mode, which we were both fans of. Um, and then we have kind of a surprise entrant uh, as a nominee. We probably wouldn't have anticipated NBA Live 18 to show up anywhere in the awards, Rich. But it did with its The One which isn't exactly a story mode, although it has story elements uh, weaved within it, but it is a traditional career mode uh, along with that, and it was done in a really, really good fashion without microtransactions. It was, if you played NBA Live 18, you played it for the one, and that's essentially what it was. That's what that game was all about. That's why people have a positive impression of it. Uh, so, Rich, your thoughts on the st career slash story mode? I'm very happy that this 
continues to be supported in various ways. You, you probably can't do it every year like NBA. 2K did it a couple of years in a row. you got to take a year or two off and, and focus on other things, and I think that's fine. It's cool that the journey, uh, the second one, was done. You know, I never finished the original journey, and I, I have barely played this year's FIFA because Pro Evo, to me, is just so much better. I'll wait. You know, I still probably have six or seven hours available to me on EA Access, and I know it'll be in the vaults mm -hmm. in probably two or three months. I'm yeah, just, you want to wait for the vault because EA Access will only let you play to a certain point before it cuts you off. I don't even off. know if I will because I just don't I'm, – I'm not – I feel like a caveman pushing – the controls around in FIFA, but regardless, so I didn't play the second journey. I also did not play the NBA live mode. I played and loved long shot. I think long shot will win, but I know it's controversial. It'll be interesting to see what does win. <laughs> controversial. All right. Well, let's, let's go to the winner now uh, with 48% of the vote. The winner for best career story mode is Madden NFL 18's long shot. So this, this gives EA Sports two straight years winning with the story mode, story modes that they introduced for the very first time. So cool. they seem to have a grasp on what works with them and, and what appeals to consumers. And I think, I think that's the case because uh, they're giving you something very different to play, and it's accessible. And this is something I go back to when NBA 2K started doing the story modes, which is these games are very complicated. We talk about it all the time. Uh and you give people an opportunity to play through a story in a simplified manner where you're just controlling the single player in Madden's long shot. A lot of it was just kind of mini games along the way and, and dialogue choices that affected what would happen rather than playing actual full games. And I think that's a good thing. A lot of people want to play the full games, but I think it's a good thing to, to give this diff completely different type of experience to people who can just go on to the game and play it without having to memorize these uh, control schemes that are really, really difficult for people to get a hold on if they haven't been playing for several years. And and they did a, good, good, a really good job with making it uh, true to the sport, kind of teaching uh, not just uh, how to play the video game, but teaching about the sport. And I think that's a, that's a good thing also for the long term of Madden is that you're going to get people who learn to play the right way based on uh, the what's, what actually matters in football and why strategically coaches do certain things or why strategically quarterbacks do certain things instead of finding ways to manipulate the game. And I think that's important, too, out of it. But really, I mean, it was just a, uh, a, a well-acted, well-written uh, enjoyable three and a half hours. I agree completely. And, you know, it's so funny because this does not strike a chord with everyone. I was on the uh, podcast DLC uh, last year when this came out uh, with Christian Spicer and Jeff Kanata, and both of them hated it, <laughs> right? And other people in the sort of the core community definitely didn't like it. But yet, on the other hand, many, 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 many people did like it. You can't land uh, with everybody with something like that. And I'm glad that it appeared to land with more than it did, which is really cool. Because I, again, I mean, I, I love Todd Zaniga and, and Mike Young is a, is a great guy. They did a wonderful job putting this together. And their sense of humor and storytelling is on display. It's really fun. And, and I'm glad that uh, a lot of people liked it. That's cool. 
so yeah the the other two uh both had pretty decent support uh journey season two got 27 percent uh and i think that's only natural that going to a sequel it's not going to be it's not going to wow people maybe the same way it did in, in its first year although i liked it a lot and they added some things that made it uh better and uh, NBA Live 18, 25%. I mean, a full quarter That's of the good. vote uh, goes to show for a game that really didn't sell very much. Again, it's being recognized for at least the w- one thing it did really well. Yep. That's great. That's that's exactly the trajectory you want to see them going on. Just building the foundation, having things that multiple people like, different ways to play. That's what you need. So for those people who don't like story modes, Rich, we have franchise modes. <laughs> and franchise modes, if you want to talk about controversy, we, we have some controversy within the sports gaming genre about franchise modes and whether the proper resources are being put into them or if they're being distributed to other modes and other features that don't appeal to that same audience, audience that grew up on these sports games. Um and this is, you know, this is another category that NBA 2K is, has really solidified as its own. Uh, NBA 2K18 would be the fourth straight win for the series if it were to win. Uh, this year, there's there's at least one new nominee in the running. Madden didn't get it this year. Madden had been c- consistently number two uh, in terms of the voting over the years, but Madden just didn't do anything with franchise mode. This year really hasn't done much with franchise mode over the years. We needed some fresh blood in this category. Uh, And so we got NHL 18 as another candidate, which added the expansion features. And it's it's been gradually building up its franchise mode over the years. And FIFA 18 and FIFA's had a a pretty strong, they call it the career mode, but it's a franchise mode uh, for a number of years. And they continue to add presentation elements and uh, things like... uh, the negotiating, uh, the transfer negotiations, which are actual scenes that are built out kind of like a story mode. So um, those are the two challengers to try and, and topple NBA 2K, Rich. But do you see any possibility that NBA 2K doesn't get it here? Because NBA 2K18 and NBA, you know, all the recent NBA 2Ks have essentially had two franchise modes, and, and that's my league, which is the super customizable traditional franchise mode and there's my gm which this year added a story along to, that weaves along with your play so you know is there is there any stopping nba 2k here i doubt it because i play my gm daily it's so great i've talked about it before but the combination of the basketball the five on five basketball which i really enjoy and the management of the team and the day-to-day and then this story mode which is interspersed throughout with some interesting characters that ask you to do some interesting things and you don't know where it's going and then there's interactions with players that want different things and and those interactions yield different results and outcomes but it's not overbearing i spend a lot more time playing basketball than I do doing that other stuff, but enough to where it's fun and interesting and it it doesn't take itself seriously, which is nice. So I love my jam mode. It's my favorite. The the NBA 2K 18's my jam is my favorite franchise mode that I've Mm. played on console that I can remember. 
It's yeah. so good. Yeah, so. It, it, yeah, you you're really into that. Um, and I saw a mixed reaction towards the my jam because the story is silly. It's written. It's not. That's the it, point. It, it, well, yeah, exactly. I guess that's how you approach it, right? Like, that's the point. It's written it's, in a, a, a silly dialogue. <laughs> Uh, you can't go any other direction. If you're yeah. going to have something like this, you can't go dark or or mysterious or like ripped from the headlines. Like you got to you got to I mean you're you're in a, your partner is the NBA and the NBA Players Association, right? You have to have some you, you got to go silly. There's no other way to go. So, how far have you reached in my gym? Have you gotten to the relocate to Seattle portion yet? I have. <laughs> I am almost at the All Star break. Okay. I played every game, and I play every game. What I do is I set it to twelve minute quarters, and I sim into early into the third quarter, and I just pick it up. And it's great because sometimes I'm up by like five, sometimes I'm down by twenty five, sometimes I'm down by ten. Like you just get dropped into different situations, and then you just you play your way through, and it, it's an amazing thing. I played every game. I'm like forty or fifty games in at this point. Yeah. So, no surprise, NBA 2K18 is the winner for Ben's franchise mode. Uh, it got 60% of the vote, which is up a little bit from what it had last year. Uh, FIFA 18 had 21%, NHL 18 had 19%. I know you're more of a Pro Evolution guy, Rich, as far as where you're putting your time for now, and then you'll get yeah. to FIFA later. Um, what did you? What did you? Did you? Did you spend any time with NHL 18's oh, yeah. franchise? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I. Uh... I still haven't gotten to the playoffs yet with the Oilers because NBA 2K's My GM has taken over on the treadmill. It's just so good. But mm -hmm. uh, I will continue. I've, I'm in February or March with Edmonton, and I'm I'm not dominating. And, of course, now that I haven't played for probably three weeks, it's going to take me a few games to get back to it. But I was in solid playoff position. Um, so, yeah, I'm playing it, enjoying it. It's nothing crazy special, but it's good. And uh, it's a nice framework. Okay, on to what's become, as, as I mentioned earlier in the show, one of the most important modes. Uh, certainly, certainly for publishers uh, who are trying to make money, but also there's a lot of people out there who love playing them, and that's the team-building modes, the card-collecting modes, however you want to frame them. Uh, you have the ultimate teams in EA's games. you got My Team and 2K. you got Diamond Dynasty and MLB The Show. Um, and this... Uh, was introduced this category introduced i believe it was three or four years it was four years ago and uh really it's been mlb the shows diamond dynasty has been the most popular it's not the most played there are more people playing fifa ultimate team certainly there are more people playing madden ultimate team but diamond dynasty i think has been the friendliest of the modes it's been the most straightforward and Part of that is because baseball just fits, Rich. It just kind of fits the whole team-building aspect, um, and the card collecting is obviously natural for baseball. Um, it's, it's the most accessible of the modes, and it used to have lesser content, but now they've really ramped up the content in Diamond Dynasty. The biggest issue with Diamond Dynasty is MLB The Show's servers, uh, which have caused lots of issues, which single-handedly caused me to stop playing the game. Uh, and I was someone who spent a, a lot of time in Diamond Dynasty last year. I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, Madden NFL 18 is the, is the second nominee. 
Madden with Madden Ultimate Team. That's if you want a, a an Ultimate Team where you can play without spending money. Yeah, you have to put a lot of time in, but if but you do get rewarded pretty well in Madden NFL 18 for going through their various uh, content campaigns. So it's it's uh, it's again it's kind of a it's a friendly it's friendly in that way, but it's also overwhelming and. Still, if I didn't play these games on a yearly basis and I went in to start a Madden Ultimate Team, especially now, not when the game first releases, but now, when you have no idea where you're supposed to start or what any of these different cards mean, what any of these different sets mean, you know, it's it's just it's gets to be maybe too much. FIFA 18 probably has a similar uh, dilemma with it, but that game is is so massively popular and, and people put so much time into it. Uh, it's, it's really remarkable. Uh, and it's, you know, it's still, uh, a lot of people like it. A lot of people spend their time and enjoy their time playing Ultimate Team in Madden and FIFA. So Rich, where do you think this one's going this year? And let me tell you, last year, this was our closest category. Last year, Diamond Dynasty beat Madden Ultimate Team by 0.4% of a vote. It was, it was the closest of any category we had. So what do you think happens this year? Well, I would have said FIFA Ultimate Team prior to you saying what happened last year. <laughs> I was about to yeah. say it, so I'm like, well, I probably shouldn't change my answer now that he uh, he tipped tipped his hand just because FIFA Ultimate Team is so popular. And I think it also really, like baseball does, just really lends itself well to this because of the number of players on a club. Like, it's very different 11 on 11 you know, just starting 11, not to mention substitutes, very different than, you know, a basketball team, for example. Um, and even a football team, there's even more players. But, like, mm-hmm. at what point is are there too many? Like, mm-hmm. between offensive linemen and safeties, and, and that almost might be too many. But regardless, I would have said FIFA Ultimate Team, but sort of, I guess, that's probably not quite as much the audience for, for that with votes in this that's much more of a baseball and a football so yeah i don't know i think i think this community will probably make mlb's diamond dynasty the winner okay and the winner for best team building mode rich you are right it's mlb the show 17 diamond dynasty and this the results on this one uh i'm not sure why it turned out the way it did because it was so close last year point four uh point four percent of the vote as i said this year, Diamond Dynasty got 53% of the vote. It beat Madden, which was second place, beat Madden by 24%. So I don't know what happened this year, because I thought if anything, Diamond Dynasty would have lost some support because of all the server issues. But uh, it's just it, people love, I think, the structure of it more than anything, and they feel more rewarded by playing it. And maybe not, like I said, not as overwhelmed as the other Ultimate Team uh, modes which just uh, get to be too much like i if i tried to go back in i played some madden ultimate team early on if i tried to go back in and do it now i'd throw my hands up and turn it off i don't know where to start i don't know <laughs> how to piece those things together uh and with baseball with diamond dynasty it's much more straightforward you can see exactly what you're working towards and you can have a pretty good idea of what you want to work towards but uh, i know you're not a not a heavy ultimate team type player. I'd be well, curious. I'd be curious to see and find out from uh, from the likes of TJ 
and and uh, Chris Jardine and and a few others, you know, like which which of these modes was actually the best this year? Did they feel? Because I've right. seen some, you know, some really bad things said about FIFA's Ultimate Team. I've seen people complaining about Madden's Ultimate Team, sure. and absolutely, you know, I think MLB was probably helped by having eight months of time for people to cool down from being upset about the server problems. <laughs> that may have helped. Yes, and what I think also weighs into it is the fact that, you know, there's a lot of, I think, built-up goodwill sure. that, uh, you know, the show has over the course of, you know, multiple years. So th that weighs into it as well. And by the way, yeah. I was going to say, you said I don't play much of that mode. The the reason is time. I think the way these games are set up now, time is really important. It's not that I'm anti these modes. Far from it. It's just to really enjoy them, it takes some time. I've got the solution for that, Rich. What's that? Open your wallet, buddy. <laughs> time to start spending. But even just time to play the solos, right? And just time to play the games. If you don't play Madden, right? Like, you know, if you and I were to play the uh, conference championship this week, you would take the Vikings and I would take the Eagles, for example. Um, you know, I haven't played Madden in three or four weeks. And, you know, if you don't play it regularly, you, you'll lose a lot of, uh, you know, your, your skills quickly, right? So with Ultimate Team... It's even more focused. Like to me, it feels like the ultimate team, the diamond dynasties and so on. You got to be, this is going to be to a degree what you do a couple hours a day, most days of the week. If you're going to, if you're going to be doing it, that's how it feels like to me. Yeah. And I think you have to keep doing it or else you stop and you realize how much time has taken away. And are you actually enjoying yourself is a good question, which I've, I've on a few occasions had to ask myself that. Uh, as I go through those modes, which are essentially built upon being grinds. Next up, Rich, uh, if there was a category that was going to be named after one of the, the major sports game franchises, this would be it. We have Best Presentation. Best Presentation, Rich, has never been won by any game but NBA 2K. It's 7 for 7. Okay, NBA 2K, fantastic presentation. I don't think anybody would ever doubt that about the series. Um, and it's really been kind of the 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 jewel, uh, at least as far as this category goes. No other game has ever really been able to compete here, Rich. Uh, but we we have a couple contenders this year. Uh, MLB The Show 17, which upped its presentation game, brought in MLB Network. That was a big move for them, and they also swapped out a couple commentators. Then you had FIFA. 18, which is uh, it's really as far as licensed packages, licensed presentation packages, has a bunch of them, all or a lot of the important ones, and uh, they they nail the authenticity on those pretty well. So best presentation, Rich, is NBA 2K a lock here again? Well, probably because of the reputation, which is well deserved. You know, we had Scott O'Gallagher on the show a few weeks ago, and I know that a lot of people are into presentation. I'm into playing the game, and the NBA 2K presentation, while amazing and beautiful, really gets in the way of moving forward. You get 30 and sometimes 60 second or more stuff you got to sit through and wait. So I get it. 
Uh, but NBA 2K is probably going to win. But for me personally, FIFA is my favorite because of just the sheer beauty of the authenticity of what they do with the stadiums and the clubs and the Premier League and the Bundesliga. And my goodness, FIFA presentation. <laughs> I, I don't know how to play the game. <laughs> it ruining, looks good. But it looks yeah. great when I'm not scoring. It looks great. Okay, the winner. So NBA is going to win, if I didn't make that clear. <laughs> you are correct, Rich. The winner for best presentation, NBA 2K18, at 55% of the vote. Now it has won the category all eight years, Rich. Now well it's, deserved. It yeah, is great. It, 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 it is great. It so has. My crankiness of wanting to just <laughs> get through things as quickly as possible, you know, spoil. We're clearly yeah. it to a lot of people you know if there's one thing about presentation in nba 2k 18 i despise so and i didn't realize it how much i i despised it until what was it two years ago or was it last year madden added the button that you press and hold down to skip past any presentation element in the game uh and it just immediately wipes you past that and then i'd go to to play nba 2k and i'd have to sit through the cheerlead like 20 seconds of the cheerleaders for a timeout you know and like come on I just let me get back to playing or at least yes. give me give me the option like it's great to have those yes. presentation elements I think they're they're hiding a lot of loading times in, in the pregame show and you know like so yeah they're they're trying to give you something there instead of just a yep. loading screen I get but, it I get it I'm yeah. just a maniac once I get in the game I just want to play I don't yeah. want to sit and wait and hit the button and say no I don't want to be the coach and you know what there are probably options in the menu that would make that happen, and I'm just too lazy to go look for them. I also will <laughs> definitely admit that that's the case. Okay, so NBA 2K easily wins this again, but it's worth noting that it's 18% lower than it was about two years ago. Uh, this time, we did have a bit of a jump from a, uh, a challenger. MLB The Show 17 had 31%. So that actually, this year, we've had a, a narrowing of the gap. And I don't know if that means NBA 2K could possibly be overtaken in this category next year, maybe by MLB The Show 18. Uh, but at least it looks like someone's starting to get a little bit closer to it. I hope that by the time the next MLB The Show comes out, I will have it playing on a PS4 Pro into that beautiful new television yes. that I got. I'm hoping that's all set up by then. I can't be sure about it, though, because these <laughs> things... Take a long by the, time. By the time you get your uh, 4K HDR TV set up, Rich, there's going to be a whole new... Like, <laughs> we're going to be on to 8K. We'll be on to a new thing. Yeah. Okay. That's all right. I'll just swap the TV <laughs> up below it. I'm going to have two TVs hanging in my office. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> all right. Now, we'll, we'll go quick on the next one. This is a very difficult category for me to uh, find the nominees or to, to distinguish the, the nominees. And then... Uh, to vote on because there are th like thousands of mobile games released every year. Most of them are trash, so so you can't and you can't possibly play them all. And there, there's no real way to judge sentiment towards mobile games other than maybe the ratings on the iTunes Store, for example. Uh, but we know that there are some really popular mobile sports games. Two of those are from EA. It's Madden NFL Mobile. NBA Live Mobile. Uh, both of those have been in the running for this award in previous years. Uh, 
the new entrant from the from the mobile space that that earned a nomination really well regarded we had a uh, a review of sorts or an impressions article posted by a contributor on hit the pass when this game came out motorsport manager 2 this is uh, a, a very much like out of park baseball which i did not allow in this category rich this year um because i it's a conflict of interest rich sure that's fine very much could have contended pressure, here. Pressure, 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 pressure. But if you <laughs> Sorry about if you like if you like those sim management games, and you're into racing, Motorsport Manager Two was phenomenal. So those are the three uh, nominees this year: Rich, NBA Live Mobile, Madden Mobile, Motorsport Manager Two. Do you have any thoughts on this going in? Why no FIFA Mobile? Uh, you know, as I looked through reviews and talk about the games on like their Facebook pages it just seems like a lot more discontent uh, towards okay. it and there was some uh, some of that even seen in NBA Live Mobile I think once it's very difficult for these games to kind of refresh themselves like they try to do uh-huh. it with the start of a new season but yeah. oftentimes that leads to them doing something that people don't like that people have been playing and this uh-huh. is this is actually it kind of gives you an idea of what could happen in a subscription-based future on consoles, which is you have people playing what's, a, what's to them in their frame of mind is the same game for a year and then going beyond it with the same game, but then having the company come in and change things on them right in the middle of what they might be doing, right? So I, I wonder if that's not a lesson. There's some lessons to be learned from how these mobile games are handled because I saw oh, it with guaranteed. NBA Live, NBA Live also where... Uh, I know I've seen people talk about they used to play NBA Live Mobile all the time, then they made changes, and then they just didn't feel like playing it anymore. So, uh, yeah, if you want to know what the future of console gaming looks like when it comes to sports video games, look no further than all of those mobile titles we talked about. And I don't mean the next year or two, but I mean five years from now, six, seven years right. from now. You know, that that's a lot of this is going to be tied to that. And it, and they might be separated, then they might be self-contained. It all depends on what they're going to do. But you know, it, it's going to continue to blur the lines, and and that's where they're figuring all this out. Mm-hmm. Like to your point, you know, they're going to have a a good idea as to what they can do and what works and what won't work. Obviously, it's completely different in the console space with the economics, with a sixty dollar or forty seven dollar or whatever barrier to entry which changes things but again when you get to subscriptions you could offer certain segments for quote-unquote free under the subscription which would potentially be the uh you know the the ultimate team mode and then for additional uh you know perhaps discounted fees allow access to the the more traditional game or whatever but anyway all of this stuff is being tried and analyzed and and utilized and digested so that they can figure out over the longer term what the subscription services are going to look like. Okay, so we've got two really popular games that make a lot of money. Uh, Madden Mobile, NBA Live Mobile, and we've got a game that doesn't have that same kind of name recognition in Motorsport Manager 2. Give me a a prediction uh, on what you think might happen here. Yeah, it's funny because I played the original... uh, manager motorsport manager had some trouble with it didn't really understand what i played was clearly well done and interesting like looked nice played nice and i just it was a bit over my head but it was very interesting and i know it's really good i don't think that'll win 
even though it probably deserves it. I got a feeling that this is going to be a. I might even say, man, it's probably going to be. I'll say Madden Mobile will be the winner. Okay. Uh, winner for best mobile game. In an upset, in my mind, it's Motorsport Manager Two, Rich. And well, that is an upset, not only yeah. not only did it win, but it nearly lapped the pack. So I don't know. I don't know what happened here. If we had a wave of motorsport fans who decided to come and vote on this category, but Motorsport Manager Two, good, forty-six percent of the vote. I gotta uh, check it out then. Yeah, I, I got to get rid of the original Motorsport Manager and get number two and check it out. Maybe 40... they make it easier for someone like me. It's funny because I love racing games, but like Motorsport Manager is a racing simulator game, and mm-hmm. there's just things going on. I'm like, what? I don't understand. What are these <laughs> terms? What do they mean? Yeah. So yeah, that that's that one surprised me. Uh, Madden Mobile, twenty eight percent. NBA Live Mobile, twenty six percent. You know, I, I've noticed this in in recent years of the 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 best mobile uh, category is that these ultimate team type based games. Uh, on mobile, super popular, but they don't seem to get a lot of support in the awards voting. And I, I don't well, know. Well, I mean, I played some a decent amount of FIFA Mobile on my iPhone 6s, and it's perfectly fine. But it's also, to me, not that interesting. Hmm. It's interesting, but I mean, at least it hasn't. I have plenty of opportunities for me to get play it for five minutes, and I haven't. I mean, I have probably put a couple, two or three hours, but there's it's it's there's I don't know. There's a lot going on in it, and it's intimidating, and it's just me and my my little team, and and maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, it is good. It's it's just there's got to be a lot of people that try it and um, feel like me get intimidated yeah. and with how much content there is. Yep, I was uh, just Motorsport Manager 2, I mean, as far as I've heard from people, and then you look at its ratings on iTunes and, and Google Play, and it's, uh, it's spectacular. So uh, so it's kind of cool to see see a game like that actually come out and surprise and actually win the, win the award. All right, uh, best online play, Rich, uh, and this encompasses, it can encompass its features, but mostly it's online performance. And uh, just overall, just best experience when playing online. And this is a category that's been owned by EA Sports. I mean, we've, we have a long history of online problems in games like NBA 2K and MLB The Show. Uh, so it's always been EA's category. Now, that began with NCAA football, rest in peace. Uh, the first win was NCAA. And ever since, it's been Madden with uh, six straight wins going into this year. Uh, I think a lot of that had to do with having the best online franchise. I think that weighed in uh, pretty pretty largely as far as how people voted in this category. But also, it's servers for for Madden always working on day one, even always working, and and generally you don't have issues with the servers, uh, which is not the case with most games these days. Not just sports games, most games. Uh, now we we have uh, two contenders this year. It's the same ones from last year, and I think they're deserving again to be in the running here. One of them is FIFA 18, which FIFA is still remarkable to me that for a game that, that operates with so many people from all across the globe, it runs so well, and they have full 11-on-11 matches that run so well, even despite all of that. And then Rocket League, which is in its third year, Rich, the same game. This is Rocket League is probably the only game 
uh, as far as I can recall, it's the only game that's ever been a repeat nominee uh, without being a sequel. It's the same game from 2015, but it's still heavily played, and it's all about online. So it has to be good online. What do you, uh, last year, Rocket League was the runner-up in the category, Rich, uh, but Madden still won pretty comfortably. What do you see happening this year? That's a great question. Man, I just don't know because, again, I, I would have thought FIFA Ultimate Team would have won the earlier category. So I'm going to say this might be Rocket League. Mm. There's still a lot of people who play it. I bet you if I had to bet that would win again. I'm just feeling some anti-Madden sentiment, even mm. though Madden might be the the right answer uh, because I, I, I never have problems when I play Madden online and I play mm. it. You know, for long stretches of time. So that's what I'm going with. That's a very interesting call, Rich. Uh, the the best online play award goes to Madden NFL 18. Okay, but good. but the margin of victory uh, is the story here. Madden NFL 18, 44 percent of the vote. Uh, Rocket League, 41 percent of the vote. This, Very close. Yeah, this year, this was the closest category we had. Last year, it was the, uh, what was it, the uh, best team-building mode. <laughs> and this year, it was the best online play. Rocket League getting a ton of support actually surprised me a little bit because I know how, uh, you know how good Rocket League is, uh, but it's also on its third year, so at some point you think you'd start to see some, you know, that dissipate a little bit as far as throwing your support behind it. But 41%, very, very strong from Rocket League. I mean, that game is not going anywhere, Rich. Nor should it. It's a great game. We uh, we went over to our friend's place uh, who have three sons, and we brought our son. And uh, within 10 minutes of getting there, uh, the four of them were downstairs in the basement playing raucous games of Rocket League, just having a blast, right? Mm. So, and those are, you know, four kids between ages of 10 and 16 having a great time. It's a great game. I'm glad it's uh, continuing to do well because it is, it, it deserves all the accolades that it gets. All right, next, next category, Rich, is going to be a battle again, in all likelihood, between Madden 18 and Rocket League. This award is for the best post-release support. And this is a category that is in its fourth year now. Um, and it's only been awarded to EA Sports games. EA Sports UFC won its first year. And then Madden has won the other years. And I think the what, what people recognize out of Madden is that not only are they fixing things with patches, but they've got the consistent... Con- They've got the consistent updates going into Ultimate Team. They've got the consistent roster updates. But beyond that, they are adding in content. They're adding in features well beyond release that don't necessarily need to be added in, but they're doing it, and they're, they're improving the game in that way. And most of these sports games, they will fix issues, address you know their problems, try to balance the game better, but they aren't necessarily adding features, and that's what Madden has done in recent years. Um, Rocket League, again, man, you know they, they do not stop supporting this game. They're always adding in new content. Much of it is free new content. Some of it is DLC, just cosmetic. 
but uh, much of it is free. New arenas, new unique ways to play. Uh, that you know, this game has remained fresh even three years later. And then the third game is is a new one uh, to any of us. It's NBA Playgrounds, uh, which they added in a crapload of players and tournaments and courts and things after release. Now, if you were on Switch, you would think it had the worst support of any game. <laughs> but on, on Xbox One and PS4, uh, they just kept adding in stuff, and it was free. So, I mean... You got to appreciate that. What do you think happened here, Rich? Well, going by the last vote, I'm going to predict that Madden wins in a close battle with a runner-up of Rocket League. All right. So, yeah, this year the results were almost identical. And there, there's no other category that I could say this for. The results were almost identical. Madden pulled in 57% of the vote. Madden wins for best post-release support. 57% of the vote. Rocket League had 33%, and NBA Playgrounds had 10%. If you go back to last year, Madden was in the mid-50s, Rocket League was in the low 30s, and the third game, I don't remember which that was off the top of my head, but the third game that was in the mix had just about 10%. So nothing really changed here, Rich. But uh, I, I think people still see Madden supporting the game in, in a real strong, or EA supporting Madden in a real strong fashion. And then Rocket League, you know, people still appreciate what's going on with that game. Yeah, and I'm also glad that Playgrounds gets a little bit of a nod. You know, it, I don't know that I thought it got it, a whole lot of... Uh, I, yeah, I knew it wasn't going to get a lot of votes, but I thought yeah. it deserved to be in the running. Agreed. No, I'm glad you did that. Uh, you know, we had our uh, a, good, a new friend of ours, Colin... Uh, post a piece on Hit the Pass this week, an appreciation of NBA Playgrounds. It's a good game. I played it. I, I haven't played it for a long time. I know there's been dozens of updates to it. You know, I see the updates in my list on my PlayStation 4. I keep saying, uh, well, I, for a while I said I was going to get back to it when I could play online against my friends. They added that a year ago, if not you know, more, and I haven't done it. So that's all on me. Again, it's all about time. <laughs> we have a very finite amount of time. you you, you got to maximize every minute. And you know, for me, that means squeezing as much NBA 2K Pro Evo and then NHL that I can. Yep. I, I love that category, though. I loved it when, it when it first started because I thought it was important to recognize what is going into these games after release because very often what you have at most websites or most reviewers is they review the game day one and then move on but what the what the publishers do what the developers do post release really says a lot about um how much they care about the game how much they care about their their fans their can you know the consumers and so it's important to i think uh, to acknowledge that and that's why i like that category so much um Next one, Rich, also one of my favorites. It's the best new feature category, okay? Uh, I really enjoy the best new feature because often this is where we recognize innovation. And I would say that 2017, though, lacked some of that innovation that we'd had in, in previous years. The, uh, the pool of candidates that I sorted through for best new feature I, I thought was weaker than usual. But... I had to come up with three, and I thought there were three that deserved to be in the running for varying reasons, okay? First up, 
we actually have two features that come out of Madden. This is the, Madden's the only one who got nominated multiple times in a single category this year. Uh, Madden had the three play styles, which was you could play with simulation, arcade, or competitive. Now I had a bit of a, a debate about this one on Pasta Padre when the when the voting began, which was in my review I said they that the play styles really wasn't um, wasn't done. It wasn't differentiated the way I thought it would be, that uh, there wasn't a huge difference between simulation, arcade, and competitive. Uh, and actually, in the end, I ended up preferring arcade, which I'm not really sure how that happened, but arcade had more of those like wow moments. Like in simulation, Rich, you probably wouldn't see what happened at the end of the Vikings-Saints game. <laughs> You know that just doesn't happen in arcade. You might see a, cra- uh, a bro- crazy, an unlikely broken tackle, or, or un- the uh, the should have been an interception bounce <laughs> off of the right. knee of the uh, Falcon into the hands of Alshon Jeffrey, which led yeah. to a crucial half-ending field goal. Well, I think that's and that's that's like something you wouldn't see in competitive, which is one of my issues I have with this whole thing with with how you know they they direct these things, which is you're you're taking out the randomness of sport, which is like what makes sports so exciting, right? Like those things, if if everything happened, if everybody caught what they were supposed to catch, if everybody blocked what they were supposed to block, you know, like it it would be boring, right? So you don't get those crazy moments. And I thought arcade actually provided some. I just wish arcade had penalties, which I, I know you're not a fan of rich, but uh, you know, and, and injuries <laughs> really, it just needed those things, penalties and injuries. And I would have played arcade. <laughs> Calm down. All rich. it needs are the two worst things in sports. No, and it's awesome. rich. Okay. So, so the three play styles for Madden and, and again, I think that gets the nomination here more because of the concept than the execution. I think, uh, what a lot of people probably recognize with that is I can see that working in all the sports games. You know, give us a different types of ways to play these games, depending on what we prefer. Um, second, Mutt Squads for Madden, Rich, is the return of online team play to Madden, uh, but integrated within Ultimate Team. or um, Yeah, online team play integrated with an Ultimate Team uh, after a few years away. And, you know, the, the downside to that was that you had to be active with an ultimate team. The upside to that is it gave you incentive to play it, gave you reason to play it, which was the main problem with the original online team play and why it died out is no one had a reason to play it. So I think it was a, a necessity to be within ultimate team, but that may have turned some people off from it, too. Finally, uh, NHL 3s is the other nominee, Rich, and this added an arcade mode to NHL 18, which I thought was important because it expanded the accessibility of the NHL franchise. And we've seen so much over the years how arcade games back when they were uh, released all the time, they were often acted as kind of a bridge for people to, to get accustomed to before they almost in a sense graduated to the simulation games. NHL 3s it was more than just a throw-in mode. It had it was it was substantial enough that they probably could have sold it on their own for ten bucks on you know Xbox Live and PlayStation Store as a downloadable game if they wanted to. But here they fit it right into NHL 18, and it added a lot to that product. Not everybody loves it, but that's you know that's the case with arcade games, arcade modes. Um, which NHL 3s, Madden's play styles or or mud squads? What do you think here? Wow, I, I'm going to go with NHL 3s just because I think people are going to lean towards that. No no other 
No other indication other than that, although I guess with the last few, with, with, with it looks like the anti-Madden sentiment is dissipating with the last few winners <laughs> ha- having been mad. All right, so the winner for best new feature is NHL 3s. So you're right, right on that, Rich. NHL 3s uh, collected 46% of the vote. Uh, in second place, fairly close. This was a, a this may be, I didn't actually do the math on this. This may be the second closest category we had. Uh, Madden's play styles got 40%. And again, I think that's probably recognizing the concept more than the execution. Uh, Mutt Squad's only 14%. And I think, again, that's maybe recognizing that not, you know, a lot of people probably didn't even try it. Uh, because it was with an ultimate team. So um, any, any further thoughts on this now that we know the results? Because I, I, I just, you know, there were a lot, there were some big ideas it, for features this year, especially NBA 2K's The Neighborhood, but that was probably the worst new feature. Um, and then there were things like uh, expansion mode in NHL, which could have been in the running here, but then expansion modes have been done by several other games. Uh, so I thought these three uh, earned the nominations a little more. Well, what was your thoughts maybe on a, as a whole on the, the features that were introduced this year uh, across the board? Because it seemed like a lot of games were more incremental in what they did this year. Unless you want to count Madden Story Mode, which I think is its own separate thing. I don't consider that a feature. Um, you know, There wasn't a whole lot of innovation here. I mean, innovation is a difficult thing to do in an annual licensed sports game. Right, the sport that you're covering doesn't change its rules ever. So, okay. Well, know. let me let me tell you, Rich. Let me run down some of some of the past winners here in this category for best new feature and see if you agree. Because I thought these were uh, more innovative. 2016, it was the weekly commentary updates for Madden 17. Okay, they fed in updated commentary relevant to that week. And, all, and what had happened the previous week and what was happening during the season. 2015, it was the year-to-year saves in MLB The Show. 2014, it was player lock and quick counts in MLB 14 The Show, which I know you're a big fan of at least player lock. Correct. Uh, 2013, it was postseason mode in MLB The Show. So MLB The Show actually had a run of three straight years where it won Best New Feature, which was which fascinated me at the time because the show was always thought to be more of a conservative game. Uh, 2012, it was Connected Careers in Madden 13. 2011, it was NBA's Greatest, which I know you loved in NBA 2K12. And 2010, of course, was the Jordan Challenge in NBA 2K11. So I think those maybe, and you even have runners-up like the Ego System in Super Mega Baseball, things of that nature that I think were, were really impressive at the time. And I liked NHL 3s, and I liked some of these things that Madden did this year. They didn't blow me away, though. Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm. I, there's only about three or four things on that list that I think would even come close to to blowing me away. I mean, the the Jordan Challenge and the Legends Challenge are the two big ones that stand out. The other ones are perfectly fine. I'm not degrading them at all. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot on that list that sort of screams major innovation, especially because you don't include the story modes, which have been the big innovation for sure. all the different franchises yeah. over the last few years. So, yeah. But again, innovation, I, I, I'm not saying, I'm not sort of like giving anyone a pass. I'm just saying that innovation with this kind of a game, which already demands so much with, to, to get it built properly every single year, is extremely difficult when and and then you add on to it they're already so big you know there's only so much you can do in these games and every one of these games has 
multiple ways for people to play it. So again, not an excuse, not giving anyone a pass. I'm just saying innovation is an easy word to say and, and a very difficult thing to, to A, be recognized. Because there, there's innovations going on probably underneath the hood with like, you know, AI and, and mm-hmm. animations and things like that that are, you know, probably the power of things that couldn't have been done three, four, five years ago. And it's just been so incremental and gradual we don't recognize it too, you know? So anyway, that's all, I, you know, again, not to give anyone a pass. But innovation is really hard for these kinds of things where you're cranking this out, you know, every single year, year after year after year. Yeah. So, okay. We had a whole podcast on the best racing game of 2017, Rich, a few weeks right. ago. Uh, so now we're going to move on to best racing game. And it'll be interesting to see where the community agrees with what was determined on the Press Row podcast. Uh, so... F1 2017 was the winner of the Press Row Podcast Sports Game of the Year. Uh, so that's, of course, in the running here. Uh, contenders, and there, there were a lot of good racing games this year, Rich, so narrowing it down to three was difficult. But I thought these three maybe were the most well-rounded. They were definitely the highest-reviewed games, and they seemed to, and and you also had probably the most played racing game, uh, and, and an arcade-style racing game. So you got a good mix here. When you include F1 2017, Forza Motorsport 7, and Dirt 4, where do you see racing going this year? It's got to be F1. I mean, people who would vote in this, that I, I have to believe would choose F1. I, I just, it, it's it's too good. It's too well recognized at this point. It's not a dark horse anymore. I mean, it might be to people outside our world, but... You know, if you're paying any attention right. to racing games, it's it's going to be F1. So that's you know, and yeah, I understand your 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 reasoning there. Uh, but do you do you consider things like uh, Forza probably being the most played of any racing game? Uh, well, Forza is only tied to the Xbox though, which is not as popular yeah. as PlayStation Four and F ones on both. So if that's you're telling true. me if you're leading me towards Forza winning it, I love Forza Seven. I'm not leading you. Um, Yeah, it was just my thought going in, and Forza is a game that has one racing game, uh, a community racing game. Last year's year's best racing game was Forza Horizon 3. It's not the same series, but it is the same family. Uh, So Forza is a a brand that people respect and recognize. But it did have its own, you know, controversial kind of thing going on. So I'm sticking with F1. Okay. And uh, I'm curious to see what won. Okay, the winner of this category had the lowest percent of the vote of any category to win, uh, or at least any category with three nominees to win. Um, And the winner of the best racing game is F1 2017. You were right, Rich. Okay. (laughs) You had me worried there. Yeah, 39% of the vote for F1 2017. That is Well, it is. It is, because uh, my thinking going in was this isn't a game that really has the reach You're right. uh, across the world, especially here in North America. And uh, I wonder if like all, all the talk of people like on the Press Row podcast, not just the uh, Racing Game of the Year episode, but you guys have talked about it multiple times, and you've talked about it, I know, on Pete Dodd's podcast. Yep. Um, F1 2017 is really, I, I think, starting to be recognized and respected for that. But I did going yeah, in, too, right? I, I think didn't isn't there a free F1 demo of like at least no? one full race? I think. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, you're probably right. 
Um, yeah, and, and they do have previous F1s in the Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, and 2015. Yeah, so so it's becoming a little more, you know, play. Or it's something that people can get in and try. Uh, because I think for someone who doesn't follow F1, it's not really uh, followed here in, in the U.S., it's hard to say, well, I'm going to go pick up the new F1 game. Like, I know nothing about F1. <laughs> I don't watch it. Like, I don't, I don't know how, uh, why I would pick that up over, a, you know, a Forza game, you know. Uh, but you guys have really laid out why it's so good as far as its career mode and everything. And uh, it appears, at least from the way you've talked, to be a pretty accessible game, playable well, even if you don't know it, really. That's the thing. Like, yeah. I don't know a lot about what's going on uh outside the race but the actual racing as soon as you start like it, it's very clear quickly that whoa this is really cool with the speed and the rate of in which you accelerate and decelerate um so as somebody who knows nothing about f1 i was able to go in and say look i want to start a championship season but i want to do the sort of simplified version of it and, and have a go. And even the simplified version of it, you have to, uh, well, you don't have to, I suppose, but like the path is, okay, you spend basically 15 minutes doing these practice laps, which are sort of timed. Well, not sort of timed, they're timed. Mm. And I don't exactly know whether that timing really matters or not. I, it's un, unclear. And at a certain point in time, you have to like get to the pits and stuff. And then you have a qualifying race and that qualifying race places you in the race. And then you have the real race and you have to do at least one pit stop. And and so it's a whole thing going on with it. But the actual racing, as, as someone who knows about it, I'm able to navigate through it. And I enjoy navigating through it because the racing is so fun. Just on the track, it's it's like no other racing game in in how it feels. It, it's hard for me to describe it any way other than that. So Forza 7 got 34% and Dirt 4 got 27%. So both, like I said, uh, F1 had the lowest percent for a winner, uh, but that's because uh, it was really spread across all three games. This is one of the few categories where the third place game was really not too far behind the winner. So uh, good, you know, really good racing games beyond even these three this year. That's why I'd, I'd recommend if you're into racing games, Listen to that whole press row podcast from a few weeks ago on them because you guys go into like I don't know probably like ten of them or some of yeah. them I'd never even heard of. So <laughs> and we got a lot of good feedback from people on that show too. Like it's not always the most popular in terms of like total you know listens or views or whatever, but the people who do listen and a lot of I mean it's still a lot of the same people, but you know we we I got probably more sort of direct feedback from that show than than, than other ones, which is always a lot of fun too. Okay, on to the two, probably the two biggest awards. We'll start with the best new or non-yearly sports game. And what, what this encompasses is uh, any game that is making its debut. So, uh, for example, NBA Playgrounds is a nominee this year. Golf Story is a nominee this year. Kind of a hey, late, hey. late entrant, and it's, uh, it's you know, isolated to just the Nintendo Switch. But man, everybody seems charmed by that game. Uh, and then finally, we have a sequel, uh, which also counts because it didn't release last year, is The Golf Club 2, uh, the original Golf Club releasing uh, in 2014. 
Um, so the original golf club was a winner of this category back in 2014. Other recent winners are Rocket League and EA Sports UFC 2. So, Rich, best, uh, best new or non-yearly game uh, is between the Golf Club 2, NBA Playgrounds, and Golf Story. Wow, this is, this is interesting. So I'm going to predict that based upon this community, the Golf Club 2 is the winner. Um, I'm going to say that if I were picking it, it would have definitely been Golf Story. Although I look positively at all three of these games, I bought the Golf Club 2 enjoyed it didn't play nearly as much of it as i did the original golf club it's a better game i'm sure and i enjoy it a lot just it it it, i didn't have the sort of time that's another game about time you want to be good at the golf club too you got to play it and that's a good thing but it's 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 part of what it is i love golf story i continue to play it all the time in a little bit if you stick around and listen to cat cat and i talked about it for a little bit and i thank her for being one of the main reasons that I am playing it. Because as soon as I got it, and I got it that day of that episode, I've been playing it ever since. Not every day, but I mean, I'm playing it regularly when I can. It's wonderful. I love it. I, if that wins, I'll be delighted. But I'm saying that the Golf Club 2 wins, and uh, based on sort of the community and the history here. Mm-hmm. All right. Winner of the best new or non-yearly sports game is the Golf Club 2. Yep. Uh, so I wonder how Golf Story would have done if it if it were on multiple consoles and released yeah. with more fanfare. Yeah. Like that game just kind of was so under the radar. Have you played uh, it? I have not yet. Uh, oh. It's 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 something I intend to do though. Play um, it. I'll buy it yeah. for you if it's a if it's the money thing, Brian. I'll, I will buy it for you. I have fifteen dollars, not the money thing. <laughs> okay. I can handle the fifteen bucks, Rich. <laughs> That's why we got sponsors on this show. That's right. Uh, Out of Park Baseball. That's what we do. <laughs> OOTP is paying my salary, Rich. That's right. Okay, that's, that's right. not. That's, it just, it's not, not happening. True. It's not happening. Um, <laughs> so not paying my salary yeah. either. So. so Golf Story came in third, I think, because of those reasons we mentioned. 18%. Uh, so so really it was between Golf Club 2 and NBA Playgrounds. NBA Playgrounds had, had a good showing, 35%. Good. Yeah, that's good. Again, I, I look very positively on that game, and I hope that people yeah. play it, enjoy it, and they keep making it. We want more of this stuff. We people people like arcade games when they're well done, and this was an arcade game that had a license, which has right. become a rarity. Um, Golf Club 2, by 40. Way, yeah. Sorry, real quick, by the way, what what are your thoughts on the uh, rumors of the NBA Jam resurfacing in some way, shape, or form? Um, I, yeah, I don't put much into that much i don't okay. know if i really believe it <laughs> me neither i just was curious because yeah. i don't yeah. watch i saw a couple of headlines that's all um, i know first thing when i heard it was like uh, i thought there's no way the nba is going to let this happen when they just sold the license to nba playgrounds who would see any potential they had of nba playgrounds becoming a franchise killed right they they would they would not do that to one of their partners unless NBA Playgrounds unless um, the the publisher there had decided to get out of the license somehow. I don't think they do that now. A re-release of the original NBA Jam, I, it's possible. I think that's what they're talking about. They're not talking about a brand new NBA Jam. It's a re-release. Well, very um, good. I'll so, take it. So it's possible. I'm not putting any uh, much stock into it at this point though. I'm not going to jump good. jump aboard that. Uh, but yeah, golf club. Yeah, Golf Club 2, 47%. This was um, one of my favorite sports games of the year. I thought they did a really good job Agreed. making it more accessible and then adding content 
to it with with kind of a career slash club uh, that we were pretty active Jack in out, man. for a I while. I went hung out your at your club. You guys made it all sorts of crazy. It was good. Yeah, it was a good time. I you know had my share of issues with it where I hit the ball and I thought I hit it square and it showed me hitting it square and then the ball would just fly left and like out of bounds or into into water and be like huh. Um, so I, I don't know if it's sensitivity of the PlayStation controller sticks or what. Uh, and they adjusted some of that with patches and everything. But that game, as far as you know, uh, course creation, still exceptional. Yeah. Um, really, really cool. Uh, really cool features. Really sim-style game. And, uh, you know, it was one of my favorites of the year. All right. Uh, we're now, best sports game, Rich, is the big one. Uh, this is the, the, the big, big one. Um, best sports game of the year. We, on the Press Row podcast, awarded a tie... <laughs> In, in the uh, best sports game of the year show, it ended up being First a tie. Time. Yep, a tie between MLB The Show 17 and Madden NFL 18. So uh, there is no tie in the PCA, Rich. Uh, but it is a pretty packed field with, again, as we discussed kind of on that last uh, last episode for the for best sports game, um, there wasn't really, I don't think people really saw there being a standout this year. As far as the games, they all had issues. They all had deficiencies. Um, and it, there wasn't an NBA 2K11 type game that just uh, uh, knocked everyone back and said, wow, that was definitely the best game of the year. I think it, personal preferences played a huge role in where the voting went this year instead. So the five nominees, the only category with five nominees, uh, same nominees as last year. You got last year's winner, MLB The Show returning trying to win uh back to back uh you've got nba 2k 18 of course uh nba 2k was a winner for two straight years in, in 2014 and 2015 um you got madden nfl 18 madden made a huge run last year really it wasn't in contention in in this award and then last year it made a huge jump and ended up as the runner up in this category which uh, showed really how much progress Madden had made. Um, and then you have the two f- soccer games, which I think inevitably they end up splitting the vote <laughs> somewhat. Uh, FIFA 18 and, and Pro Evolution Soccer 2018. Rich, uh, what what do you think uh, is going to come away with the award here? What do you think is uh, the most deserving uh, as far as the community probably perceives it? I mean, you know that my vote is for Pro Evo. I voted Pro Evo. I believe the community is going to vote MLB the show. Hmm. Over NBA 2K? Mad? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yep. I think, uh, I think that's that's where it's going to go. I just I, I get a sense from sort of weighing everything in uh, that we've heard that ultimately that's the direction that they're going to go is MLB the show. I think uh, you're right that FIFA and Pro Evo cancel each other out. Um, I just I don't get the sense that NBA 2K... NBA, 2K, or Madden will be able to overcome the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this uh, first time, the winner did not receive even a third of the vote. So that goes to show again how, how split people are this year. Um, there was no runaway. There was, you know, again, not even a third of the vote. The winner had 32%. Uh, the winner for, for best sports game of 2017 is MLB The Show 17. Wow, so you were I got right. it. You were right again, Rich. You did pretty well. You did pretty well uh, this year on your your predictions. Um, It'll be the show 17 again. I think um, 
oftentimes uh, the show because it comes out in march is at a disadvantage when it comes to year-end awards and recognition but i think at the same time all that time having passed allowed for memories of its problems to fade (laughs) um uh you know but really aside from the the severe problems with the servers and it'll be the show again it won best gameplay uh, it had a lot of improvements in presentation. Has what people seem to th- to believe is the best team building mode, and it had it, it, as a, a personal thing for me and a lot of people the the arrival of Ken Griffey Jr., which made a a big difference as far as the impact of the game. Nice. Um, runner up. What do you think was the runner up here, Rich? I'm going to go with Madden. You are correct. Madden runner up for the second straight year. Uh, 27% for Madden. That's down a bit from last year's 31%, but it's still way up from where it was two years ago. Um, for them. Yeah, a lot of people like Longshot. I think that's probably where it's what it's getting credit for here. And, and even going back to my initial review of the game, I, I felt that without Longshot, this Madden probably would have been a disappointment. Uh, but it was, you know, that was a really strong effort they had there, and uh, and they've done a good job with the game post-release, as established with winning that award. Um, third place, Rich, uh, is NBA 2K. Probably no surprise there after the first two. Um, what we've seen, though, is a dramatic drop for this series. Last year, we saw it across all categories, even categories that won, uh, like presentation, <coughs> um, that it's generally very strong in. Uh, it was down from where it had been before, just a, a general sentiment towards it, maybe. Um but it's it got 16% of the vote, and when it won, when NBA 2K16 won Best Sports Game, it had 47%, I think, at the time. So it's down 31% uh, from two years ago. It's pretty dramatic. Um, finally, uh, we got the two soccer games, FIFA 18, 15%. Pro Evolution Soccer, 10%. If you add them together, that's, you know, it's right in the mix. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's, that's tough for them. Uh, really the only true competition that we have at the moment. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's how it all played out. MLB The Show wins for a second straight year, but Madden is on its heels. If Madden has a particularly strong year, I mean, I, I think we could potentially see it. Madden has never won the community uh, game since it did with Madden 10. Uh, in the first year that we did the community award, Madden 10 won, and Madden hasn't been back to to the top ever since. Uh, there's been one, two, three, four NBA 2K winners, three now MLB The Show winners, and one FIFA winner since then. Um, how do, what do you think about the way those results shook out, Rich? It it just shows you where we are right now. There's a lot of really great experiences, and it comes down to how do you play the games that you play. And uh, clearly, MLB The Show sort of has the the right mix for the largest amount of, pl- of players, but there's no wrong answer. Um, I'm really interested, pleased to see Madden's ratings improve. A good Madden is good for all of us. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's... You know, if Madden is is good, and if Ma- or even better, Madden is great, like that becomes known, and even to people who don't play the games. And if Madden is really good, and if FIFA is really good, 
that just means good things for the whole industry. It means more R&D. It means more development. It means more opportunities, more risks, all the kind of things that we want. Hmm. So that's uh, exciting. Yeah, so so really uh, the, the correlation of note here that I have to point out is that in seven of the eight years, the game that won best gameplay has gone on to win best sports game. And I believe I mentioned this last year, but once again, we have that being the case. MLB The Show won best gameplay, went on to win best sports game. So I think what that tells us is when your game plays really well, we can overlook the issues. Because uh, if, if you don't want to play the game, those issues don't hurt as much if you don't actually want to play the game. So you have, sure. to, you have to be excited about the, playing the game for, it to really, for any of it to really matter. Um, you know, it's so interesting. I'm reading a book right now called Console Wars about the Sega versus Nintendo battles of the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. And early on, uh, when they're talking about uh, video games, one of the sort of the one of the leaders in the space reminds everybody, look, the game is the game. You know, no amount of marketing, no amount of of, you know, game modes, no amount of of hype can overcome the fact that a game that doesn't play well uh, isn't ultimately going to succeed and that's always been the case and it continues to be the case and the good thing is for the most part we got a whole bunch of good thing a whole bunch of good titles where the core gameplay is strong and appearing to continue to get stronger yep so total wins MLB the show 17 had three Madden NFL 18 had three, so there's another tie. Um, NBA 2K 18 with two, and no other game had more than one. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think we, we, we saw it bore out here again with, uh, with, with how these results you know, ended up with uh, really being spread across many games, certain games doing things really well, other games doing other things really well, and then uh, well-rounded games like MLB The Show, Madden, FIFA, NBA 2K, obviously, all, all, you know, all of Pro Evolution, all of them are well-rounded. But uh, they, they really do hit on certain things, uh, and I'm, I'm glad we get an opportunity to celebrate those specifics as opposed to just one, what's the best game. So there's a whole yeah. lot more to, that makes up these games. So thank you, Rich, uh, for joining me for the 8th Annual PCAs. Uh, My pleasure. Thanks, fun. everyone, for coming tonight. We yeah. appreciate all of you being here. Yeah. Gift bags. Behaving yourselves on the red carpet. That was good. No <laughs> incidents tonight. That's G good. Gift bags will be handed out on your way out. Yes. Very good. Um, this is a lot of fun. Good job by you putting this all together. Yeah. A lot of work goes into doing this stuff. Okay. I appreciate it as a, you know, as a yeah. fan. As someone who goes and checks out Boss Padre every day, I want to see what's going on. This is good stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll see you at the after party. <laughs> I can't wait. Yep. When okay, great. Are, when those are outside. Yeah, right, great. There you go. Once again, uh, hang on and, and stick around. Rich and Kat are going to talk NFL football because they've got their teams in NFC championships. Whatever. Um, and one of them will have a team in the Super Bowl. Mathematically, I think that is uh, insured at this point. So that's pretty awesome yes. for you guys. Yes, All right. Thank you, everyone. Wait. Hang in there for uh, Rich and Cat.
Well, all right, everybody. Thank you for sticking around for part two of this week's show. This is Rich Grisham, and I'm here with the great Cat Bailey, editor in chief <laughs> of U.S. Gamer, longtime great friend of this show. Cat, uh, here's the situation. It is the Tuesday night before the 2018 NFC Championship game. Your Minnesota Vikings are coming to Philadelphia to play my Philadelphia Eagles. Neither of us would have expected this, I think, at the start of the season. Hmm, no, I don't think so. Uh, um, in fact, when some I put in my prediction on the prediction thread on our subreddit, I think I said ten and six, uh, wild card and a wild card win. Um, and I kind of expected that to be the to bear where we topped out because I was. I just I went into the season thinking I have literally no idea what I'm going to get. Uh, it's like a box of chocolates. We've completely reconfigured our offensive line. Uh, I don't know how Sam Bradford is going to be. We could either look amazing against the Saints or we could completely bomb out. And we destroyed the Saints to start the season. But of course, then Sam Bradford somehow hurt himself on a non-contact injury because Sam Bradford and we were off to the races and that was 2018 to start and somehow we're still in it. And so this Sunday, uh, NFC championship game, Philly, the Vikings, <laughs> Eagles, two tortured franchises. To say the uh, least. I mean, you know, it, it, there are comparable franchises to Minnesota and Philadelphia, right? Detroit is one. Cleveland is one, right? So it's not like the Vikings and the Eagles are the only franchises with really miserable history, certainly in the Super Bowl era. They're, you know, <laughs> it's an unfriendly The Eagles list. existed for a long time, right? Like since at the least 30s. Since the 40s. The 30s. Okay, yes. so the Vikings came into being around the 60s. Right. But... You guys have won, like, what, two NFL championships? We've won, like, three. one. We, we've won three. Okay. And you've been to the Super Bowl at this point twice? Twice. Yeah. Okay. So, and you <laughs> lost both times. Lost both times. Uh, you've been to the NFC title game plenty of times. Lots and... of times. Lots more of those. Lost most of those. Won a couple. Lost most of those NFC championships. Many of them at home. Many of them at home. Stuck in a uh, stuck in a division with better known and better regarded uh, rivals that the media is constantly fawning over. Well, they win Super Bowls, right? The Redskins, yeah. Cowboys, and Giants franchises all win multiple Super Bowls. They all yes, they do. do, and they're consistently competitive. Yes, and the Eagles don't. Yep. <laughs> and here we are. Our here teams are. are now competing in the NFC Championship game, and people are calling it the battle of the backups, but. Uh, uh, the the difference I think with the Vikings between the uh, the Vikings and the Eagles right now is that Case Keenum, uh, Sam Bradford, and Teddy Bridgewater are healthy, but he's played so well that he's kept them on the bench. Yeah, you know I don't know much about the Vikings. I think that was the first Vikings game that I watched. I watched mostly Eagles games. You know, I watched parts of the Sunday night games and parts of the Monday night games. But for the most part, with the amount of time I'm able to spend watching football, it's pretty much all the Eagles. So I know what I read about the Vikings, but that NFC title game was the first time I'd seen them play a whole game. And um, boy, there's a lot to like about that team. Their defense is fearsome. Mm. And, uh, and, and they really know what they're doing on offense. I'm, uh, I was very impressed by, by the team by the performance, and obviously, 
the second half was strange and wild and crazy, and it's the Minneapolis miracle. So we have to give you the opportunity just to <laughs> give us the the blow by blow on that. Where were you? What sure. were you doing? What was the reaction? I I spent the entire week just going completely crazy. I was in a frenzy leading up to that week. I was literally dreaming about the game. Um, like every night, I was like, "This is our moment. This is our chance." Oh my God, we can beat the Saints. Uh, we can do this. Uh, please, God, let us do this. Let us go to the Super Bowl. And <laughs> I was just working myself up to a lather. And then on Sunday, I went to um, our mutual friend Jeremy Stein's house to watch the game together. Oh, yeah. Friend of the show as well. Yep. And, of course, uh, I was like, it started off extremely well. And we're very happy. And we're up 17 to 0. And I'm like, ah, uh, this is exactly how I knew it was going to go. I knew that the Vikings were going to come out fired up and we're going to bring the hammer down on the Saints and that the defense would be flying. And it was excellent. It was exciting. Uh, and then we came out of the half. I, I guess we were we were flat or we got out-adjusted or something because uh, here come the Saints. And one of the things about Case Keenum is that you're all, you always know that he's good for at least one Case Keenum throw per game, which is... He's kind of a low-rent Brett Favre in that he he likes to sling the ball. Like he's not a caretaker. He keeps his eyes up down the field. He but he will occasionally just do this horrible thing where he kind of backs up and he throws off the back foot and the ball just kind of floats. And Stephen Diggs and Adam Thielen will bail him out time and again, but this time he got picked he gets picked off. And then the next thing you know, uh the it's 17 to 14 and I'm like, "Oh boy." Oh boy, here we go. Yep, yeah, this it begins. And you know, like the Vikings kept battling and they kept going, but Drew Brees was on on fire and the worst thing was that they took out <coughs> Pardon me. Um they took out one of our safeties uh, who's very good, Andrew Sandejo. So we had our backup and Brees kept targeting him and Xavier Rhodes was a little bit dinged up and kind of hurt and Mackenzie Alexander was uh, getting torched, and the next thing you know, like the Saints are up twenty-one to twenty, and then it's twenty-three to twenty-one, and there's a minute to half left, and I'm like, we left him too much time. And I mean, you just know that feeling when you look at the clock and you see a minute and a half, and you you know that you left Drew Brees too much time, and still we had him on fourth and ten, and I was literally behind Stein's couch. And I like could barely watch, and I was just like going, just stop them, just stop them. But I knew exactly what was going to happen, and sure enough, they did that little corner route, and they were within field goal range, and they put it through, and it's 25 seconds remaining, and I'm just kind of like sitting on the couch, dead. Uh, and you know, I wasn't like upset or angry or anything. I was just kind of, I've been here before, <laughs> like this is not new territory for me. I was like, well, we blew it again. We blew it. This this was the opportunity. We were up 17 to 0 and we fell apart again. We blew it. And uh we have a mutual friend who uh, is a Packers fan who's a bit of a troll. Okay, he's a very much a troll. <laughs> and he gets on Twitter and he's like, "Ah, the Vikings blew it." And he brings in Adam Burnett and Suzik, and he's like, ah, he's like dancing on Twitter. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man, you're obsessed with us. But I, uh, so I'm just 
you know, waiting for the hammer to come down, but, you know, retaining slight hope. And when the play happened, I see Diggs come up with it. And like every other Vikings fan, I'm like, get out of bounds. Because yes. you're just thinking, kick the field kick the goal. Kick the field goal, exactly. And then he turns up field and starts running. And we're like, what is he doing? And then there's that beat. And then there's that realization. And you realize that there's nobody in front of him. And he's going to score. And he's going to win. And there was a light-headed feeling of euphoria that overtook me. And then I turned around and Jeremy Stein's wife was running toward me and we all were doing the group hug, jumping up and down, screaming and laughing and <laughs> high-fiving. Uh, and you just have so much energy and you don't know what to do about right. it except to scream your head off and then also pray that he didn't step out of bounds or that nothing happened or that there wasn't a freaking play, a freaking flag on the play because this is the NFL. But no... Uh, no, it, it wasn't. And the Vikings had won and I could not believe it. And man, I don't know. Like, I'm not a big believer in sports curses, but a, a franchise can be snake bitten and, and teams can be and fans can feel the curse. And I don't know, like maybe this was the moment. Maybe this was the moment that they transcended it. And... Maybe this is the moment where we finally go to the Super Bowl. Or we'll walk into Philly and uh, and it'll just be one big fart and well, we'll lose 23-0. to zero. Well, I mean, meanwhile in Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia opens the football weekend. It's the first time <laughs> they've had a home playoff game in three years since Drew Brees came into Philadelphia the wild card weekend and drummed Chip Kelly's uh, overmatched team out of town. And... You did not know what to expect because they had had very little of Nick Foles. Obviously, the Carson Wentz injury continues to be devastating because yeah. you know this is a special team and he's a special player, and it's just such a you know it's it's the gut punch when that happens. But you know what? We're here. It is the you know it is the the home divisional game. The, you're the number one seed. The the team you're playing had to battle the week before just to get here. And they made all kinds of terrible mistakes that this franchise makes in games large and small, including, you know, muffed punt turnovers after good defensive stops and, you know, bad penalties and fumbling twice once giving it away on a simple handoff a second time just dropping it seven yards behind the line of scrimmage to turn a first and 10 into a second and 17 and it's just you know you're like like you say cat you're just like man this is our opportunity you, you want to go down fighting not fumbling and bumbling and being being less than what got you here but it's really infuriating when the oh. postseason comes around and this team that's been executing all year just suddenly turns into a pumpkin. But, but I mean, the, we're both here in the NFC title right. game somehow. And then the defense really did what they had to do, and Nick Foles yep. did what they had to do, and Doug Peterson called him an amazing game. 
Mm. And by the way, as somebody who has long suffered from the opposite end of the teams that dominate time of possession, the fact that Doug Peterson gets time of possession and how to call drives and how to work the clock is such a wonderful thing in this day and age. I love that. And so so I'm going to tell you something, Rich. I picked the Eagles to beat the Falcons because everybody was all like, oh, it's Nick Foles. He stinks. He was terrible at the end of the season. He was. And I said, well, you know, they are at home and it's going to be cold and they got that defense and they have just enough. And I think the Falcons are pretty inconsistent, to be honest. Their offensive coordinator is just garbage. Well, and I know him because he was the offensive coordinator in the uh, title game last year for Alabama that they lost. Coincidentally, <laughs> they did not lose the title game this year. How is this guy a hot commodity in the offensive coordinator space? I don't know. But, yeah, I just I was watching that game, and uh, well, Philly did enough to win, and here we are. That. Just you know, I, I don't think the Vikings are going to gift you three uh, fumbles or whatever. Yeah, well, I don't... I hope. I hope. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood here. Well, I mean, these kind of games tend to come down to those things, right? You have to play smart. You can't have bad turnovers. You can't have bad penalties. You have to control the ball. You have to control time and possession. You have to get third downs. All of the same things over and over and over again. And I have absolutely no idea what to expect. I have no idea what to expect. I'm not... This has been such a wild ride with this Eagles team. Mm. The expectations were nowhere near where they are now. Really gutsy win. You know, people can knock... The Falcons, but they're a a defending NFC champion with several outstanding players on all sides of the ball, and they they they're a good team. I just don't know. Did do the Eagles have another game in them? Do they have another win in them? Uh, because it takes so much for this team to win. You know, the defense is great, but it's flawed. You know they. People talk about this great yeah, those defense. Cornerbacks. This defense gave up massive amounts of yards and points multiple weeks in a row to teams good and bad. The Rams, the Giants, um, and uh, a couple others. They had about a, a four-game stretch where they were giving up 40 points a game, three games in a row, or 30 and 40 during that, that four-game road stretch where they went to the West Coast and stuff. So... But that's, you know, I don't know what to expect. Oh, of course. I mean, your right tackles out, your middle linebackers out. Yep. So do they have, do they have another full game in them? Can they do enough to win? I don't know. But no matter what, I mean, in the heat of the moment, it'll be hard depending upon how they play. No matter what, this has been a great year. I kind of, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like the Mets in 2015, where it was an unexpected run to the World Series, even though they didn't win it. I have nothing but great memories of this season. This is feeling kind of like one of those, no matter what. But boy, the difference between winning and losing this game will really color this season forever. You know, it was a, it was. Um, sorry, I, I was going to say that the Eagles. Um, you guys got a bright future too. I mean, before Wentz went down, the Eagles were so complete and so terrifying, and I was 
so uh, no, I feared no team more than the Eagles in the NFC. And the second that Wentz went down, it was it was like night and day. I mean, the guy the guy is incredible. Uh, what what a great quarterback! You, you can just you can tell the guy is a machine. Here's a funny thing, Rich. So last year, the Eagles were my Madden team in the four string league, and so I got to know them extremely well, actually. And it was funny because at the time, I remember like I picked them because it didn't seem like they would be that great. And then as I was playing them, I was like, man, the Eagles are secretly kind of overpowered because <laughs> I like. Nelson Aguilar didn't seem to very be very good in real life, but in game he was excellent. He was this awesome slot receiver. Super fast. I, I had this amazing front seven. Carson Wentz was overpowered. Uh, the running game wasn't great because at the time I didn't have, you know, Jay Ajayi or whatever, but I had a, a very good offensive line. Uh, I had two amazing safeties. The only place the only place I was really lacking, really lacking, were my cornerbacks. But it didn't it didn't hurt me because the first two levels, the front seven, were so good, and I, I went undefeated the first season in our, in that league and won the Super Bowl with them, and was just like the destroyer of worlds. And I'm like, man, imagine if the Eagles were as overpowered in real life as they were in this game. And then the next year, they were every bit as overpowered <laughs> in real life. That instead of Dorial Green Beckham, you guys had Alshon Jeffrey. My God, jeez. Ah, you guys are going to be so good next year. It's not even going to be funny. Next year's a long ways away. It's always been next year. Yep. I'm ready for this year. I'm ready for this year. I was chatting with Gus Ramsey a couple weeks ago about it, right? Just, you know, with the team like this, right? With the Eagles, it's with such a miserable history. These chances, you know how hard it is to get here. It hurts more every time that it doesn't happen. It just it means so much more every one of these times uh, for this. You know, Alabama, my favorite college team by far, Al, born to two alumni in the state of Alabama. You know, they've won eight national championships in my lifetime. I, they could lose every game they play from now till the end of my life, and I'm like, ah, eight, eight But I got like, those eight championships. Exactly. Like, there's nothing. Remember the kick six? I got, you know, it, my phone blew up with all sorts of people, most of them laughing at me. You know, ah, there you go. I'm like, yeah, you know what? They're coming up back-to-back national championships. You think this really bugs me at this point? <laughs> there's like a 50-year grace period I have with them. With the Eagles, it's almost the opposite. It's like... If they don't show up and they don't play well and they don't play smart, it's just it's such a dagger. Ugh. Mm. It's, it, there's no I mean, it's all emotion. There's no rational reason for me to feel like this, but it's how I feel. It's just for whatever reason. And, you know, people who although I have way backed off of Twitter, completely backed off of Twitter during games because of the things that I feel. Right. <laughs> because I, don't I can't go anywhere near them. Twitter. During a game, because I'm just going to be a, a maniac. A complete, you know, I'm ready to say the entire franchise should be ashamed of themselves when there's a bad turnover. And yeah. I, it's, you know, it's, I'm embarrassing myself, but it's okay. I've been uh, from a Vikings perspective, I feel a lot the same as you, but it's, it's just really crazy because the Vikings, it's just once a decade, every decade, like clockwork, stuff like that, this happens. 1975 and the Super Bowls and all that. 1987 when they went to the NFC title game and they beat the 40, the 49ers in San Francisco. In 1998 
with the Gary Anderson kick and Randy Moss and all that in 2009 in the Brett Favre year. And now this will be the Case Keenum year. And Case Keenum, do it. And in 2009, we were playing Drew Brees and the Saints team that all year had been, they had been the Vikings and the Saints, the Vikings and the Saints in 09. And that was the final showdown. In 98, it was the Falcons and the Vikings were pretty much the two best teams in that. And this year, it should have been the Vikings and the Eagles, except you guys lost Carson Wentz. And from my perspective, and I all due respect, I look at a team led by Nick Foles, and I got I say, you got to win. You got to beat Nick Foles. I'm sorry. And Eagles fans will similarly say, well, we got to beat Case Keenum. No. I'm like, Case Keenum is not Nick Foles. I, I've seen... Nick Foles is, yeah. Nick Foles is a backup. Case Keenum has shown game in and game out it wins against the Rams and the Saints and multiple contenders and in that gritty Thanksgiving game against the Lions that he is a gamer and he can win, that he can compete, and that he can drive this offense and have a complete and balanced team. And he's got to come through. We got to beat Nick Foles. I'm sorry. We got to go to the Super Bowl. This is it. I don't... Maybe we'll be back next year. But these opportunities don't come around very That's often. Right. The Packers are going to be back next year. Everyone's going to be back. They'll all be back Everybody's and they'll be, be better. The, the 49ers could run roughshod over the league next year. It's now. The it's Rams, now. Wentz, Rams, Wentz, Packers, you you name it. This is it. Yes, I know. I'm. Ah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I just, I'm going to just try to enjoy the game. Yeah. And hope for the best, but uh, man, I watched it in my bunker. I usually, I did it last usually week. that Minneapolis miracle. The it's funny because the we used to have the previous Minneapolis miracle was Brett Favre throwing a last second touchdown to Greg Lewis, but that was in the middle of the season. Uh, now this this is the real Minneapolis miracle, I guess. And we're so used to having those moments happen to us. Mm-hmm. We're used in 1975. Freaking Drew Pearson pushes off and gets the quote-unquote first Hail Mary against us. I mean, that's basically what happened there. That was a Hail Mary, basically. That's That was basically Drew Pearson redux in 20-freaking-18. Oh, my gosh. Ugh, what a moment. So I'm a little wound up. I've watched that moment like 200 times now okay. from like 100 different angles. It's been amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm with you. By the way, Rich, uh, a couple of years ago, it should be noted that the two of us met in the press row league in the uh, NFC title game as you were the Eagles and I was the Vikings. Right. And it was a very close game. You won. I believe uh, you were in the lead for most of the game and I wasn't able to score on you. And it was very close. And then something broke and I scored like. 14 points Yeah, that sounds in like right. the last two minutes, and then I won. Yep. You always beat me. I <laughs> mean, you know, I don't know if we played 20 times, but if we played 20 times, you've won 17 of them, I think. In that, um, beat me. We're, I know. I didn't say. Yeah, you, you definitely beat me. I'm like, yeah, I've got, I might have three or four, and you got 16 or 17. You're just, you're really good. You're, you're really you. good. Well, I wish you the I wish the Eagles the best. Same and you. I mean, look, if there's at least it's team, not the Saints. 
That's well, all I can say. I mean, <laughs> yeah. If there's any team and person, right, that I would have, you know, there are certain franchises and fans of franchises that you know and you, you're like, really? But in this case, look, if the Eagles, I will be, from a sports perspective, I will be devastated if they lose, no matter mm. how they lose, whether they lose badly because they revert to the mean with this Eagles franchise, whether they lose on you know in a gutsy performance and just things don't go right, or or Minnesota just you know outperforms them, or what, uh, it will be devastating from a sports perspective. But if somehow the good of the Vikings, you know, winning a Super Bowl and and people like you and and uh, you know other you know longtime deserving Vikings fans get something out of it. That's not the worst that could happen. I'll put it that <laughs> way, right? <laughs> put it Indeed. that way. All right. And so, vice versa. <laughs> um, so, Cap, before I let you go, I actually wanted to talk to you a little bit. You contributed to our uh, Press Row Podcast Sports Game of the Year list, so your votes counted, but you were traveling, I believe, to Europe or something like that. when the, I was uh, in the UK, actually. Uh, I made it out to a West Ham game. That was pretty rad. Nice. Who'd they play? Uh, they were playing Arsenal, and it up, ended up being a 0-0 game. Hmm. Got to see the, the new London Stadium, which wasn't as bad as, I, uh, as it looked on TV. I was in the same stadium as David Moyes. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. Long-time Everton manager. Yes. Hey, David Moyes is in the process of saving our bacon right now. Hey, look. Everton could have some bacon of their own to be saved. They're (laughs) a couple more losses away from being in a relegation fight again. You're fine. I know. You got Sam Allardyce. He doesn't let you go down. Uh, You're right. Exactly. And if I that's... like that we're switching places, by the way. <laughs> that's that's what it's come to for Everton. It's like, yeah, well, you know, we're probably not going to get relegated. So you know, we tried to it. hire him and he said no. And so he went to Everton. Ugh. The thing is, Everton has good players. They have some really good players. Uh, sure. Anyway. All right. So <clears throat> but I wanted to get your, your chance to sort of talk a little bit about your choices and why they were your choices and perhaps why their uh, other choices weren't made. So. I'm glad we got you. Uh, before you count down your top three, are there any ones that you want to mention? It's like perhaps honorable mention that didn't quite make number three, two, or one, but you know deserve a shout out. No, I don't think so. I, okay. I actually had a really hard time picking a top three this time around. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was a weird sports year for sure. But um, so the top three were number three was NHL 18. I love which I th- NHL. Big fan this year. Big fan. I thought it really flew under the radar. And Agreed. Yes. <laughs> some of that was my fault because it came out at a weird time. It came out around the same time as Pez and NBA 2K18. And so I kind of had to make a choice as to what I was going to give coverage to. And NBA 2K18 ended up being the biggest story at the time. So I Oh, and NBA Live came around at the same time as well. It was just complete madhouse. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'll I'll give an, an honorable shout out to NBA Live. I'll say that um, NBA Live's uh, their their story mode was actually really good. I thought, and um, it was much better than in previous years. So kudos to them. I mean, it hasn't caught up quite from a gameplay standpoint uh, right. to NBA Two K eighteen. It still has uh, some flaws, but it has a foundation for once, and I feel a lot better about it than I have in the past. But <laughs> cool NHL eighteen. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I love it. Play it regularly still. Very good game. Enjoying it a lot. I, I really loved that they introduced the ability to uh, create your own team um, and import it into a league. Uh, that was awesome because obviously the first thing I did was create the Minnesota North Stars and in, and replace the, the Dallas North Stars with them. And uh, it was so cool to be able to have it seamless, be able to seamlessly play with them. And I was making up this whole stupid storyline about how they were in the, uh, I forget the Hennepin, the Lake Hennepin Derby or something like that or whatever. Um, I was having a good time with that and it really completely refreshed franchise mode for me. I am firmly of the belief that the more control you get over franchise mode, the better. Uh, just give me customization. Let me do whatever I want with it. Uh, I want to have some fun. I want to have some. I want to have some what ifs. I want to imagine things. I want to import old teams if I can. Whatever. I just. I want to be able to move teams around and just kind of goof around. It's wish fulfillment. That's what sports games are. Uh, I liked the ability to bank pucks around the boards. Um. I thought that the new stick, defensive stick thing was actually pretty good. Uh, the engine otherwise wasn't hugely different, and I'm not entirely on the NHL 3's train. They were like obviously kind of going for a Rocket League vibe or whatever, but I found it a little bit, eh. But 3-on-3 three three ASHL is okay. Yeah, that that's definitely... I, yeah, there's no way that's not fun. <laughs> too much open ice, too much room to move around. I yeah. mean, I love watching the three on three overtime in the real games. It's just, yeah. it's a lot of fun in five minute bursts, right? When you know you've already got a point in the bank, it's great. A lot of strategy goes away and it becomes just fast breaks back and forth. And what's interesting is watching, you know, when they sort of get the cycle going, right? The, the three guys just sort of spinning around mm-hmm. in a circle and how they, the spacing and, and the passing. It, it's its a little mini game unto its own, no pun intended, watching the, the real thing in the three-on-three. By the way, I with, think that with the Devils being good again this year, you know, congratulations. competitive, like it's amazing how when your team is bad for a stretch about three or four years, how you can sort of get out of it. And then when when you come back in, I, I've, I bought the NHL app, right? So I'm watching every Devils game on my phone or my iPad and just – Right back in it, in, in, and it's uh, it, it, it's funny how all of a sudden you're just much more aware. And boy, the NHL game sure feels better because the Devils are good this year. Even though I'm not even playing as the Devils in my franchise, I'm playing as the Edmonton Oilers because they're young and fun, and, and they got this kid called Connor McDavid you may have heard of. He's actually really good, really good, that one. Uh, my wild have been firmly mer- uh, mired in mediocrity this year, though they're somehow still clinging on. They're still in the, the wild card race, but I just I don't feel like they're going anywhere this year. Well, but I still watch every game. Parise's back, right? Uh, yeah, Parise's back. The team is like healthy again, but I just I, I'm not feeling it. They they don't look as good as they were last year. Last year they were much better than they are this year, unfortunately. But so it goes. Okay, number two. Yes. Uh, number two is Madden 18. Um, this is big because this definitely contributed to the sharing of the Madden uh, of the prize between Madden and the show. Your vote here, definitely. Well, I I think that long shot was actually a pretty big deal, and weirdly uh, didn't 
get quite the credit that it maybe deserved uh, as a mode. I, I thought that it had a crossover success in a way that it, the journey didn't quite have. Um, it seemed to strike a chord. And I thought it was a little silly at times, but at the end, it, it had a really solid finale. And it did just enough to give you a lot of <coughs> good <laughs> good options and and things like that. So um, I saw sites that never write about Madden writing about Madden. Uh, sites like Waypoint were going, hey, say this long shot thing is actually pretty interesting. And I thought that was cool. Uh, the, Mad- the broader Madden community immediately dismissed it, which is not surprising. Uh, They're like, whoa, what? Why does EA think that we want this thing where you're not even, you're not even playing in the NFL yet? But it grabbed a, a, a larger demographic. Uh, as for the game itself, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's a, it's a gorgeous looking game. Uh, it they added a lot of little extra bells and whistles that I really appreciated. Uh, things like my main the I've been mainly playing Madden this year. Pretty much once a week, I will turn it on and I just want to play the Play Now Live because I want to see, I, I just want to, I want to play as my team against the other team because I'm usually, because especially as the season wore on, I would, I was getting progressively more hyped up for each matchup and I just wanted to have the catharsis of being able to play them and see how they felt playing it with, with my team against them. And I appreciated that the commentary was on point and saying and was accurate to that point in the year. And I appreciated that um, the the rosters were accurate to that point in the year and such. So uh, that was a small a little tweak. I, I liked I, I liked what they did with Ultimate Team for the most part, though. It's getting a little messy. It's getting a little overly complicated at this point. Um, I, I thought the addition of Weekend League was pretty big. Um, and uh, the main complaint that I've seen lodged against Madden is that it didn't do enough to improve its broader franchise mode uh, outside of draft boards, which is fairly big for regular franchise, uh, online franchise people. But it, the franchise mode, let's be honest, is falling up behind a, t- a, a little bit. But, uh, but when you take it as a total package, it, it plays pretty well. Um, it looks really good. It the offensive line in particular is better than it really has ever been, and compared to a lot of the other sports games that came out this year, uh, which had a lot of problems, a lot of problems, it is an overall extremely solid pa- uh, package, and it's really nice to see this kind of consistency from Madden, which was definitely not the case last generation so in that sense it is my number two awesome and your favorite sports game <laughs> of 2017 i'm gonna make an admission uh, this is a little bit of a protest pick because i didn't really feel comfortable saying any particular game was the best this year uh i thought fifa had a lot of problems this year well that's uh, why it's your sure. favorite right it's not the best it's your favorite and there's a big difference oh i mean golf story <laughs> That's I am so happy. I 
I know I've thanked you on Twitter, but now I can thank you, well, not to your face, but at least thank you by speaking to you for doing this because this spurred me on. I had been hearing about Golf Story from a good friend, uh, Chris Johnston from the Play One Podcast, former EGM. And then you made this your number one game. And I'm like, you know what? That's it. I'm, I'm just, that night I went and bought it. And I've been playing it ever since. It's wonderful. I'm so happy you told me about this. Yeah, it it has a very kind of fun perspective. It's a little got that JRPG feeling. Uh, there's a little bit of a sports movie kind of rocky, like rising up through the ranks. And it's firmly tongue-in-cheek. It's very silly, a lot of the courses in particular. But it borrows from golf games, like regular golf games, in actually a pretty good way. The swinging mechanics in particular are very good. And it's just fun. It has a fun sensibility that I wish more sports games would have. So many of the annual sports uh, sims are so deathly serious. And I think that there's room for a little more flair and a little more just... Whatever the Genesis Quas, whatever, whatever golf story has, it's the same thing that Pocket Card Jockey has. Um, the game that I, I think I picked a couple years ago, maybe last year, which I thought was like just phenomenal. <laughs> Pocket Card Jockey, I thought, I thought the annual sports sims could learn so goddamn much from Pocket Card Jockey, and we laugh it off because it's on the 3DS, but it wasn't just that. It was this dumb, goofy thing where you die and you come back and then you're playing solitaire to win in horse races. The game was actually pretty accurate to the sport. It did a good job of the sport. And more importantly, it had you working toward a goal. It gave you a reason to keep playing. It had an overarching kind of metagame to it. And I think Golf Story also has that. And I would like to see that more in the single the solo experiences in sports games, not just grinding, but giving me kind of a distant goal to keep to aspire to and also while having fun with it. So maybe I made golf story and I picked golf story as kind of an aspirational choice. Well, I'm glad you did because I love it. I'm completely charmed by it. My (laughs) son has also enjoyed it too. All right. What's your favorite part about it? Well, you know, I like the fact that the golf is real yet whimsical with Mm. the controls like you know you mentioned some of the different golf courses like one of the golf courses takes place on these mountains in the sky and basically you know these are these fantasy type courses where you know there's large swaths of nothing but air and you know you gotta you know hit this uh, green that's out you know in between other you know mountains basically an island in the sky for example and yet if you Get the mechanics right and take the right kind of shot and you aim it properly. You judge the wind. Use the right, use the right clubs. Right. Use the right clubs. You do all the right stuff. Then you're going to be successful. So like from a golf perspective, <laughs> it, it, it's true to being a golf game. But it's also, like you say, just this this whimsical little story with these characters that you don't quite know exactly what's uh, <laughs> going on all the time. and. And, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it for all of the reasons that you said. And I just wanted to thank you for doing it because it's been a big hit with me and one of my favorite games I've played in a long time. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, I 
I encourage sports uh, sports gamers to check out these kinds of games because they can really tell you something <laughs> something different about the genre, and you can learn about you can learn you get a different flavor, right? And there are a lot of them kind of floating around. <laughs> if you ever, <coughs> sorry, if you ever go in iOS, there's a Pocket League story. I think it is. Uh, it's by the guy the the guys who did Game Dev Story. Uh, that's such a phenomenally hilarious and fun soccer game. For example, uh, they're floating out there, and I wish and I want even more. Give me even more. And to sort of cap this off, I have remembered uh, a couple years ago when you had been saying uh, that Pocket Car Jockey was so uh, such a great game. It's funny, today I got an email from Nintendo reminding me that there was a sale going on and I was sort of scouring through it and I saw a Pocket Car Jockey on sale for like five bucks and I went mm-hmm. took my new 3DS XL that I got for Christmas downloaded it and started playing it for the first time about three hours ago and i did that because you i remembered you saying i'm like you know what darn it i've never been in a position to buy it when she said it here i am i'm seeing i'm buying it well i played it for about an hour and i'm confused but i'm having fun if that makes sense (laughs) because i'm very tutorials because they do matter i'm i'm doing it i'm like not completely (laughs) confused well, see, first of all, I, I never really play solitaire. So I've had to sure. sort of learn solitaire, which, you know, if I had sort of known a lot better, I mean, I sort of knew. Anyway, you know, not playing solitaire and then, you know, sort of getting confused with these start cards. What am I supposed to get? I know there's supposed to be five diamonds on them, but wait, when do I yeah. pick it? And then like, yeah. You want to you want to get to the to the bottom as fast as humanly possible so that you can get off to a good start. And right. you're looking for the one that has the most. And so what you got to do is you got to look at it as they uh, are shuffled in so that because you can catch a glimpse of which row it's in. Okay. And then you just as quickly as possible go for that particular row and then try to click on it ASAP. And then once you're there, go through your first uh, round of solitaire, try to complete each hand. and, And if you're feeling really confident stay on the line that the big line that's in the middle of each round uh, because it'll make it it'll give you more cards and potentially have more of a time limit but the rewards are greater and you and you want to be in a position where you are going uh, where you can hit the perfect unity or whatever and you have lots of items being sucked into you and everything another thing you want to definitely do is make sure you get as many tokens and items or whatever as you possibly can so that you can keep leveling up your horse as quickly as possible because you need to be thinking in terms of later. Um, You want to be thinking in terms of having the best possible horse so that you can start breeding them and getting even better horses. And then you keep going because the brilliance of this game is you're continually, you're starting over with a new horse and your goal ultimately is to win the triple crown and have a horse that can win all of the different races. You're trying to collect all of the different trophies and you need to do And the way you do that is you get the best horse possible. So there's a lot of mechanics going on, but it's so rewarding once you really get into it. Well, I've, uh, I've started my journey. I raced 
my first time race. That was the horse's name. I won all three races. Uh, in the second and the third races that I won, I had to use every one of my heart cards to win. Because mm. if I hadn't, then I would not have won. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's the best way, but otherwise I wasn't going to win. And I don't know. So that's you definitely want to win right. because the more wins you get, the better the horses. But then they just took my horse away. So now I had to pick a different <laughs> horse and name him. So I just named the horse. And uh, this is where I am in my life right now. So now you begin. Okay. Yeah. Now so your journey truly begins. Got it. Pro tip. If you don't have to use a heart, don't use a heart. Right. I didn't want to, but I was like, I'm f I was like, but in you also don't place. want to lose. So sometimes you got to use them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I look right. forward to hearing more thoughts. All right. So those are my, uh, th those are my top three. It's been a bit, bit of a weird year to be perfectly honest. Uh, a lot of controversy, but we're back around. It's 2018 and That's it's right. time to start looking forward to the new batch. Exactly. Starting with them will be the show. So uh, right. here we go. Here we go. Thank you very much, Cat Bailey, our great friend and the editor-in-chief of U.S. Gamer, the uh, sneakily the best sports video game coverage on the Internet. Thanks to best you, Best of luck to you in the NFC title game. And to you, Cat. Um, I mean that 100%. I hope I win, but if we don't, I can't imagine losing to any... I can't imagine anyone else I'd rather have go be the victor instead. So best of luck to you guys, and... Uh, Let's have a great game, and uh, everybody enjoy the football, and uh, we'll uh, be back next week. Cheers. Cheers.